You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You, you feel this, this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank call. Prank call. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to Packernet After Dark. This is the call-in show of the Packernet Podcast Network. If you'd like to call in, if you'd like to participate in the show, please feel free to do so. Phone number here is 608-501-0718. New callers go directly to the front of the line. Doesn't look like we have any new callers, so let's hear from Jesse in Oregon. Hey, Ryan. Um... I don't know if this has been talked about yet, but um, after this win, we're only two games behind the Lions, um, or maybe we're three, but we're not ridiculously behind them. What are the odds or the chances that we might still win the division if we somehow tie them in the win-loss record? Is that possible? Uh, Anyways, thanks. Well, I'm kind of glad you asked, kind of glad, kind of bummed, because I wanted to do this, um, but it's one of those like topical things I wanted to do for the show. But let's let's just do it right now. So if we just simulate the rest of the season here, um, let's go through what seems to be the most likely, just off the top of my head. I could just go with what off Vegas says, but let's just see what happens. So uh, th- this week, Packers obviously favored over the Giants. Lions are favored over the Bears. Now, the Bears could steal this one away, but if we're doing that, we might as well just, you know, whatever. <laughs> it's it's over for the Lions. Um, all right, so next week, they have the Broncos. That seems like a win. We have Tampa. Let's just call it a win. The week after that, they have the Vikings. Hmm. Let's give that to the Vikings, and then we beat the Carolina Panthers. So that puts us at 9-6. and six. They're at 11-4. and four. We move on. They have Dallas. I'm going to give that to Dallas, and we play the Vikings. I'll give that to the Packers. Obviously, we're going to win out is going to be the scenario here. We're 10-6. and six. They're 11-5. and five. Obviously, they're still ahead of us. The next week after that is the final week. Um, they have the Vikings. They'd have to lose again, and we'd have to beat the Bears. They're 11-6. and six. We're 11-6, and six, and we did go ahead of them. Obviously, tiebreakers and whatnot go into this because they've lost probably two in a row to the Vikings. I'm not exactly sure how it all pans out, but I'm guessing that's what it is. So that's what it would have to come down to. But, I mean, first of all, the Packers have to win out, period. Second of all, the the, the Lions have to lose games that they 
probably are not going to. Let's say Dallas is an auto loss, right? Um, and we certainly want them to lose Chicago, to Chicago because that really sets off a chain reaction of things that are, that seem really positive for us winning the division. But I, I don't think they're going to. Uh, Bears are coming off some rest. It is in Chicago. The weather is going to be crappy. I mean, it's 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 primed and ready to go. I mean, I, like I said before, go Bears. I don't even care. I will say it all day long. I will shout it from the mountaintops. Against the Broncos feels really unlikely, but again, the Broncos are kind of on a tear, so that's possible. Um, and then again, I've got them. So essentially, and it, it depends which games they lose to. So let's let's switch this up and make it a little bit different. Let's say they win the last game there, but lose to the Broncos. So in that scenario, so we've got, what do we got here? Um, both teams win this week. Next week we win and the Broncos beat the Lions. Um, then they split with the Vikings. In that scenario, we still do not win the division. So we need them to seemingly, I guess, lose two out of the three coming up to the divisional opponents. They've got two Vikings games and a Bears game. If they lose just one of those and we end up with the same record, they're going to win. So it's it's tricky, but this is so let's let's do that. Let's say they lose to the Bears but beat the Broncos. Uh yeah, we're 11 and 6, but we win the division. So that's I mean it's a big game. It really is. For the for the Lions and for the Packers. I mean obviously the Giants game is is significantly bigger. We got to focus on uh our own stuff going on here. But um yeah, we we have to at least tie their record and they have to drop two out of three against the Bears, the Vikings and the Vikings. Is, is the best way that I could kind of summarize that. And I could be wrong. And there could be some other things here. Maybe Dallas. Let's just check for Dallas because it might just be NFC as opposed to NFC North. Let's have them beating the Vikings here, but losing to Dallas. Uh, what did I do wrong here? Oh, no. Beating. Uh, they already have them losing to Dallas. Duh. Yeah, never mind. Uh, yeah, that's, that's what we're going to call it. So what did I say? They got to drop... They have to drop three games, we have to win out, and two of their three games have to be against the NFC North. Let's just, again, that there, there may be some other nuance there that may not be exactly right, but I think that's mostly going to be right. If they end up beating Dallas, it's a whole other thing, but we don't hopefully need to worry about that. But again, if they lose to Chicago this week, that opens up a lot of leeway. Um, let me just erase these real quick. Assuming we handle business against the Giants, if the Bears win... That puts us at seven and six, them at nine and four. Um, but it sets up. Let, let's say we assume that they lose to Dallas. We can kind of look at it as only being a game back if we can win out, and then we have to rely on the Vikings to win one of those games. That's kind of, I, I guess, the way we can look at it. But again, this Bears game is a big one because if they don't lose to the Bears, they're gonna have to lose back to back to the Vikings, and that's tough. Because again, even if they lose to the Broncos and Dallas, but beat the Vikings. We don't, we don't get it, so beat them twice, that is. Anyways, I feel like I've covered that. But uh, good question. I appreciate it, and I love that that's, that's where we're at right now, right? I mean, if things go south with the Giants, we, we're having different conversations, but right now we're looking at it saying we're, we're likely going to sail into the playoffs, and um, is there a chance with the Lions seemingly having some, some issues that we could actually catch them? Oh, by the way, let's do this for fun. I do want to get through some calls, but let's do this. Let's run this through. I just want to see how the playoffs could shake out. Uh, oh, darn it. I got to do some of these other teams too, though. We'll save that. We'll save that for the show tomorrow. 
Hey, it's Jimmy. Hey, Jimmy. Uh, I wanted to weigh in on things. Um, I heard you talking about um, the team playing with um, aggression and passion and whatnot. Totally, totally agree. Um, but uh, I think that some of that comes with, um, like, them gelling together. Like, I don't know that they ever individually lack the passion, but that passion doesn't get yeah. you very far when someone's running the wrong way or when you guys, it's not necessarily like the wrong way, but it's just not the same way that you expect them to be running. Um, you know, so it's just getting on the same page. And when they have that consistency building, then they can like fire without thinking as hard and just feel it and just recognize it and do it. And then, and, and that success breeds success, you know, um, I think what we're what we're seeing is um, in the beginning of the season they tried a bunch of things. Some of them worked, some of them didn't. But then they had film and the things that didn't work, so they could talk about why it didn't work. And they've slowly but surely been like picking those things off one by one, so that know, those things that weren't working before either are gone or are working uh, now. And and you're seeing all that stuff coming together and, you know, seeing the whole, I mean, all the motion, all the motion, you know, is this little Fleur offense, as we've been saying, uh, uh, coming into its maturity and being run the way it's supposed to be run. It's not a shot at Rogers. It's just the reality of it. Um, you've got a guy, not just a guy in Jordan, but a team that's all bought in to the same thing. And they're seeing it pay off, which means they're going to buy into it more. And it's going to pay off more. And they buy into it more. And then we win the Super Bowl. <laughs> go back, go. Yeah, it's all that. You know, all, all of the um, tweaking just added on top of, well, as you said, the buy-in, but then also the just improved play. You know, I mean, that is an aspect of all of this as well. I mean, Jordan is undeniably playing better than he was before. And the receivers are undeniably playing better than they were before. So, um, I think, you know, the offensive line has been relatively consistent and the running backs, you know, have been relatively consistent. AJ's probably picked it up a little bit, but you've seen growth from the tight ends. I mean, Jake, uh, Shavink on our network did a great video breaking down Tucker Craft and his growth, um, which was fun to see. I mean, it's, it's, it's great to see that stuff because it's not just a matter of, it's just hard to kind of wrap your head, your, your, your head around it, your hands around it physically to know are they actually improving or is it just like you happen to call a good play at this time like Matt LaFleur just he called the right play and, and Jordan you know but but it was kind of fluky you know I mean it's kind of like you know I'll, I'll go back to rock paper scissors but for a different reason you know sometimes if you if you don't have a strategy you're just kind of sometimes you just get hot you know or like rolling dice like you just you just hit it it's, there's no strategy here it's just you, you get kind of lucky and it worries you. But when you see, like, oh, look at how his fundamentals have improved. Look at how his understanding has improved. And and that goes from Tucker Craft to Jordan Love to Christian Watson to Jaden Reed to Dentavian Wicks to Zach Tom. I mean, all of them have individually started to take these big jumps and strides. And when you factor that in as a whole, it does start to make sense that, okay, you know, I mean, granted, it's unlikely that all of these guys would have been getting this much better this fast at the exact same time together and gelling together, but it seems to be happening and it's, it is rational. It's not just this unlikely thing that happens to be happening, but you should expect regression. I mean, maybe, but 
at least there's something tangible here that you can kind of uh, understand, I guess. Hey, Ryan. Um, New Berlin guy here. What's up? I was just listening to the Packer uh, after dark this morning, and Nico brought up the whole keeping Joe Barry thing, and unfortunately I think he's right. But here's my problem, man. Why does it take this long into the season? We'll, we'll bounce back three, three weeks. Okay, so three weeks ago, why does it take that long for him to start running his man-to-man concepts and not run zone all the time? Like, to me, it's almost like the players for a third year in a row had to go to him and say, hey, run man-to-man. We can play man-to-man. Give us time. Give us time to get pressure on the quarterback. Running zone, you're not going to get that time to get to the quarterback. But when you're in man-to-man and playing press coverage, then you give your edge rushers time to get to the QB. Why does it take this long into the season every year for us to run man-to-man concepts with uh, with press coverage? I, I I don't understand it. Like. Does he not realize that it worked his first year, it worked his second year, and it's working his third year? So what, next season when the Packers have him back, it's going to take half the season for him to, for the, for him to change to man-to-man concepts, switch things up a bit? The player's going to have to go to him a fourth year? Like, it just it doesn't make sense to me. He, to me, he should be fired. Even though our defense is looking good, why does it take this long for our defense to look this good? This year, maybe you can have a little bit of understanding because the offense was was three and out a lot because we couldn't get it going right away. But two years before that, we had Rodgers, and the offense didn't need to take as much time. So what was his excuse then? But it just doesn't make sense to me, and it's frustrating. All right, well, you have a good day. Go Yeah, and I'm I'm still not a massive believer. I'm I'm content with where we're at because the results are are where they need to be. But you know, the the question isn't necessarily where are we at; it's where are we headed. And again, you know, I I can't help but look at DVOA and see how many negative performances they've had, including Week 13 and Week. 10 and week 8 and 7 and 5 and 4 and 2. You know, I mean, Joe Barry made a comment that the scoreboard is all that matters, which, mm, no. Um, I mean, maybe at the end of the day for his paycheck it does. But listen, if, if you're asking me to project moving forward, how good is this defense going to be? I'm going to use more advanced type metrics, right? And so, um, you know, it's it's a question of how much faith do you have in this thing moving forward, and especially when it matters most in the playoffs against top teams. Um, somebody had made the comment, I don't remember, let me check Patreon real quick because I was ripping through there and saw a bunch of comments, but you know, the, the, the concern, especially with a bend-don't-break style, is it's hard to not break when you're going up against teams like the 49ers and the Eagles and whatnot. You want to kind of bend and allow them to kind of get that momentum and push their way down the field and trust that you're going to stop them when it matters. 
it's getting real tough at that point, you know. That's where it gets a little bit tricky. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. There's a lot of um, a lot of people right now as I'm going through that are expecting the Packers to regress. They're expecting Jordan Love to regress, and they might be right. Um, but at the end of the day, the guy's done what it, it, it takes to earn the respect of, um, you know, at least acknowledging what he's done up to this point, and, and we'll see how it goes. And that's kind of where I'm at with the defense as well. It's, I'll give you credit. Because you've done enough to succeed. The way you do it makes me nervous. A lot of the advanced metrics don't really put you where you need to be in order to give me confidence in you moving forward. But I will just congratulate you for what you've done and we'll see how it goes. You know, I'm not going to trash you for doing a good job because, you know, points are what matters at the end of the day as far as winning that game in the past. And you've done that, and as long as you continue to do that, that's fine. I just, I just am nervous when I see that they're like the 18th, right? You know, you're ninth in points, but you're 18th in DVOA and a bunch of other metrics. You're kind of more subpar. It just, it leads me to believe that we won't stay ninth in points, or that you can't trust that number. But again, the 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 ultimate question of is this fireable? I think the answer is no. Now we have to see what happens if things collapse. But even at this point, I'm kind of nervous where. If the collapse does happen, it may be a situation where they look at it and go, well, I mean, that was rough, but overall the season was quite good. And really you'd look at it and go, it wasn't though. Like it wasn't as good as it seemed that it was, but we'll take it a step at a time. As of right now, I am very happy with where the team is. And if it continues to play like this, we have a good football team. And I, I, even I have a hard time looking at it going, we need to change this up. The continuity matters and you can always get worse at a defensive coordinator you can go backwards. So if it continues, then even I'm going to have a hard time. But if we start to see the cracks, we're going to have to start having some discussions. And right now, like I said, my whole thing is just hanging out for dear life. Joe Barry, come on, man, hang in there. Jordan, hang in there. Matt LaFleur, hang in there, man. I mean, everybody's happy. Everybody's loving it. Everybody's feeling good about the performance of the team. Hang in there, please. Because I'm... I, I, you, I might be skeptical, but I will get your back if you can just hang in there through the rest of the season. Last year, we saw an epic collapse at the end of the season against the Detroit Lions. Hang in there against pretty bad football teams down the stretch, and I will have your back. All right? That is that is my my promise to you. Hey, Ryan. Um, New Berlin guy. I just got to the end of last night's um, podcast, and you asked me if I liked Crossroads Pizza. Oh, yeah. Um, I had Crossroads Pizza for the first time three months ago. Dang. And it was via my work. Um, they actually provided our shipping department with pizza from Crossroads because that's what one of our guys suggested. And we had it, and it was absolutely amazing. Right? One of the best pizzas I've had. And so, to answer your question, yes, I love Crossroads Pizza. Um, I haven't had it since, but I've actually been thinking about ordering some Crossroads pizza and having my son eat it. Um, yeah, go back, go. Have a good rest of your day. It's awesome, man. It's awesome. I, I'm I'm living vicariously through you three months ago. <laughs> yeah, it's good stuff, dude. I miss it. I miss it a lot. My gra- my uh, grandparents used to live right around the corner from there, so we'd go get that all the time. Also get hot ham and rolls from them. I miss hot ham. Man, I miss... 
never mind. Get me all up on my feelings here. Hey, Ryan, Daniel from California. Howdy. I was just thinking about Joe Barry and thinking about Demetrio uh, Ryan's and all sure. all this defensive talk, right? Now, I'm not saying Joe Barry is on the same caliber as Demetrio Ryan, but basically, if you look at the 2022 season, the Niners started off, you know, kind of slow, and they were calling for this dude to get fired, and by the end of the year, he had an elite defense. And, you know, we started off a little shaky, and now we're starting to get a little tighter. I think just in general, is that is that something that happens? The defense? I was wondering, I wonder if you can answer that for me, if defenses get tighter as the season goes along, because they need time to respond to what the new uh, wrinkles on offense are. And obviously our problem is we can't stop basic run plays sometimes. Uh, we stop them when we need to, but... I wish we stopped him when we didn't need to, but, yeah, I don't know. So, Barry, he's, he's uh, probably sticking around. It's all good. If he, if he could just keep us how he's been, because one's a lot, you know, he's keeping us under 22, 23. That's usually the magic number anyways, right? If uh, you look at the whole Aaron Rodgers playoff thing and Tom Brady playoff thing, there was a number, I forget what the number was, but if you kept Tom Brady, I think it was under, uh, if, if you kept the defense, if you kept the other teams under 21, Tom Brady would win the game. Aaron Rodgers' number was like 24 or something like that. I don't remember that exact stat in the playoffs, but just if you could just keep doing that against playoff offenses, that would be very beneficial to us. That's all I got to say. Go back, go. As far as your question, I, I don't know and I don't think so. I, I don't see, just as far as like looking at DVOA and whatnot, I don't really see like a an uptick in uh, defense as opposed to offense or anything like that. But I suppose it's possible. I mean, it could go both ways too, though. I mean, defenses have some wrinkles and sometimes offenses need to adjust to it. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I feel like things are about to break a little bit. Everything is new, right? And um, we'll see what maintains and what doesn't. Now, things were really really bad for a long time and we all just were ready to burn it down and now things are really really good and everybody gets to keep their job and everybody's amazing in the hall of famer and things will probably likely level off some things will stay up some things will come back down and um i just want to see how that manifests itself you know we got a giants game here are we gonna just absolutely steamroll this team where the offense scores a bunch of points and the defense doesn't allow anything or is that not going to happen, and, and what is that going to look like? And that's true on an individual player level, too. I mean, you know, what happens if Ballantyne gets absolutely torched in this game? It's like, well, I guess we should have known, and maybe, you know, we really need to start looking at corner, and blah, 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 blah. You know, maybe Sean Ryan gets the start and just steamrolls everybody. It's like, oh, man, we got a guy. You know what I mean? Like, there's so many things that can happen. We'll see. We'll see. That's all I can say. We got We got a handful of games left. And at the end of the year, that'll kind of give us a better picture because, again, this whole thing is new. And it's very, very, uh, we're talking, depending on when you want to start this thing, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, that we've been seeing this thing happen. You know, what happens without Christian Watson? What happens with Aaron Jones, assuming he plays? You know? I don't know. We'll see. Actually, hey, Ryan. Nope. why don't we take a break? Sorry about that. Um, we will take a break, and we'll be right back with Embrace the Suck. 
We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's up, man? There's still the stuff going around about do we want to get rid of the Joe Barry or not? And I've seen uh, some guy text uh, Ryan. I like, not Ryan, uh, what's his name? Clayton. There you go. I like Clayton's show. But Clayton went after the guy, called him ignorant and all the other stuff. Because he let his views out about how Anthony Johnson let that guy get the 18 yards. I was looking at that play over and over again, and it still indicates how soft Joe Barry's defense is. Instead of attacking, they just backed up when uh, their quarterback made an attack at the line of scrimmage. He had options. I seen Campbell out in the out in the flat, but backing up to the to the, the first down marker, and they have man sitting out there in the flat that he could have dumped that off to. He actually ran. He could have ran to Clay. Clay uh, Quay, there you go. This name Quay could have ran to him and got 15 yards, or he could have pitched to him. And after Campbell failed on that, he had that the whole side wide open with nobody, no containment. Bottom line, you want to say Joe Barry is this that? Joe Barry is still a problem. Will always be a problem. Shooting through the moon, as far as I'm concerned. Want to talk about well, what is the Jet defense doing now? With, with that offense, which was a lot worse than ours, even when ours was at its worst, because even when ours was at its worst, 
uh, our quarterback was able to get the fourth quarter lead on the comeback in our offense. Our defense still gave it up. What about that? Joe Barry is not a good defensive coordinator. What I got to say about that. Talk to you later. Today is definitely Joe Barry Day, man. I don't know what uh, what happened here on at, on Wednesday, but uh, something came up about Joe Barry apparently, and we're all talking about it. Um, I, I mean, I, I have no issue with it, other than I'm running out of stuff to say. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's it's really tough. Like when you go back and watch stuff, because you get into the was it the player's fault or was it the play caller's fault? Obviously, everything there's nuance, right? I mean, in terms of dropping and how deep do you drop and is that the coordinator or is that the player I think you get better answers when you go back and really watch and really dig in right in terms of like more specific answers but I think at the end of the day you still end up with a more zoomed out view you know what I mean because the heck am I how am I trying to say this here I think the more we try to zoom in and and answer really specific questions because we think that's going to solve things. It doesn't actually fix anything because we can still bicker about and, and we don't have the, the actual answers, right? Is it the coordinator? Is it the player or whatever? And we can say, no, I know because of this and no, and we, we can just go back and forth all day long. And so I'm at the spot now where that isn't as productive for me as just zooming out and looking what the defense is doing. As a whole, right? Because we, we can go back and forth, even even if we determine, as I've said before, even if we determine it's the player's fault, which, you know, if, if we're even saying fault, or, you know, as opposed to the defense is playing fantastic or whatever, depends on your perspective, I suppose. But I'm to the point now where it's like, if the, if the players aren't playing well up to this point, they're not getting to their potential, et cetera, et cetera. They're not understanding what they're supposed to be doing. I'm still leaning toward the coaching staff. So I just want to see the results. And then it comes down to, are we happy with the results? And I think that's actually a more interesting question because it's a question we haven't really asked before. We can actually look at it and say, there's there's kind of different data points saying different things. Where do you fall? And I, 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 I have an opinion, but it's one of the few times when I look at it and go, I don't really mind if you have the other opinion. I mean, I never mind. You can think whatever you want, but it's not, it's, it's not like I'm right and you're wrong, but you, you're welcome to be an idiot if you want. It's more just like, I don't actually know because I completely understand just looking at the scoreboard and saying, what the heck are you complaining about? That makes sense to me. Like I get that. And all I can really say in response to that is I'm nervous that it won't be sustained based on some of the more advanced metrics, but ultimately I'm happy with the team as a whole. And that includes the defense. I mean, the end results, but I, I get, I, like I said, I get the frustration there's kind of, I guess, two different ways of looking at it one is just the overall result and and one is sort of the the process and you know a lot of people look at the process and say yes it ended up being okay but i don't like how it went on a play-to-play basis we're, we're giving up still way too many big plays way too soft in the middle and why is travis kelsey freaking wide open all day long and like what the heck is like simple stupid stuff that you shouldn't be letting happen happen and it's like yeah but scoreboard it's like i get it but freaking you know just don't do that and so again, I'm I'm leaning toward I'm going to let the future kind of help me make my decision. And if it continues this bend don't break, but the defense doesn't break thing for the rest of the year, I mean it's a long enough sample size that I can look at it and go, I can't be too mad about it, you know. And do I think there's other people that could maybe do a better job? Probably. 
Are there other guys that can, you know, get the, be- you know, something better out of the players? Probably. But I, I, I'm, again, I'm too much of a coward to want to make a change in a situation where I know it could get a lot worse and ruin what appears to be a pretty good thing. If things turn negative with the defense, which is going to be tough because we don't have a lot of good offenses coming up, but if, if you start to see the defense crumble, that'll make my decision for me as well. As, you know, especially in the playoffs. Like if we, if, assuming we get in the playoffs and start playing playoff football, if the defense crumbles, then that will be all I'll need to know even though I don't think he would end up getting fired anyways. But it, as far as my specific um, take on it. But right now, I'm, I'm kind of torn, although I'm leaning toward, again, it's not as good as advertised. It's just not. But it's good enough to win with, so I'm content with it. That's my official stance. But again, I'll, I will let the future sort of help me further develop my opinion on that, because it's all kind of kind of interesting it's not it, it, to me it's not as black as and white as it is for seemingly everybody else <laughs> hey ryan hey and awesome pack of listeners uh jim owner eric here What's going and on, man? two things for you ryan first up is love 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 your comments uh, the other week about like that the bears are like and their quarterback in Packers are like, what, what's the what's the problem, bro? Wait, what, 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 you just do this, this, this. I just laugh so hard. So I still appreciate you for that. Uh, second off, um, it's fun to do. Had a buddy that was at the Packer game, and his seats were the regular seats, but below the club seats that Taylor Swift was in. Oh, nice. And he was like, he was like, there is some serious like cold vibes going on with that. He had people like. <laughs> Like from across the stadium, like making their way to him and standing like in front of him. And then there's, there's this one lady that was like a kid that just brought her like uh, her boyfriend along. He was like kind of a Packer fan, but they're they're really there. She was there to see like Taylor Swift, and she's like Taylor, look at me. She's just like jumping up down and like got her sign, and she's like waving at Taylor and. And like Taylor like looked out and like waved at her and she like about passed out the the fan, not not <laughs> right, Taylor right, Swift. Right. And she was like, Oh my gosh, you looked at me, oh my god. Uh yeah, my my buddy just had some funny things to say. He's like, Wow, there's uh some uh serious thing going on. Uh question about that for you. Why why I bring that up? Uh you're kind of a celebrity yourself. So I'm wondering if you've had like <laughs> similar circumstances, instances like that of like in uh real life, like People coming across you and like, oh my god, you're Ryan, you're Ryan the Packer, but oh my god, no, you know I'm not. They like give you a handshake and you like, I'm never, and they're like, I'm never washing this hand ever again. Oh my god, it's touch Ryan. <laughs> uh, just, just curious if you've had that going on in your life since you're an awesome celebrity yourself. So, without further ado, stay awesome and love the show. Love you. We'll, we'll talk to you later next time. Bye. Um, yeah. As far as the Taylor Swift thing, I mean, I, I I'll never understand acting that way. Um, toward another human being, it just I I have too much pride as a person to to degrade myself to such a way where it's like you're so much better than me that I'm going to pass out because you looked at me. That's that's uh, really odd. Um, and look, I I think we give Taylor Swift a lot of crap, and it's not really. It's kind of like Justin Fields. Like I I throw so much crap at him, but it's not him. I don't have a problem with Justin Fields at all. I don't have a problem with Taylor Swift. Um, she has accomplished something obviously amazing, and I don't know how she did it. Uh, maybe she just got lucky and, you know, it just kind of worked out that way. I don't know. But she has, she has built something that is absolutely unbelievable. And um, I, I kind of feel bad for her. I mean, that's tough. That's got to be hard to uh, 
be deified that way and um, as much as most people think, oh, it must be great or she's lucky or whatever. Like, nah, that sounds horrible to me. Like, I would not I would not want to go to a game and have people like trample other fans just to get over and face the wrong direction and stare at me and wave. And it's just, it's, it's creepy and be just stalked and followed all over the place. And so um, congrats to her on her success and everything else. I, uh, I don't understand it at all. Um, she's, she's got some good songs, but I mean, I say good in terms of like they're, they're catchy or whatever, but I wouldn't put it above like just the average thing I hear on YouTube or anything else on the radio. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't get it, but whatever. Good for her for, uh, for having that whole thing. I don't <laughs> get in a lot of trouble, but I, when I watch her, first of all, dancing is terrible. It's so awkward watching her try to dance. Second of all, and I listen, she's very pretty, right? She's got a pretty face and all that stuff. She, she is not nearly as attractive as, in my opinion, a lot of people want to make her out to be. Maybe I just have weird tastes. I don't know. I, I just, it's, it's kind of like, uh, when Rogers was dating, what's her name back in the day? Olivia Munn. Like, nah, <laughs> I'm sorry, but no. So there's just a whole lot of like, I don't get it going on with that situation. But I will say on the, uh, first of all, I definitely don't consider myself a celebrity, but I will say as much as I, I like, I literally, I do not want that to happen. I don't like the thought of that. And my wife would very likely make me quit the podcast if it ever got to the point where like people were being weird. That was like her biggest fear early on was like, what if there's like stalkers? What if like crazy? What if, what if, what if? And it's like, oh boy. I thought she was going to make me shut it down just out of fear for that. But I will say there's a part of me that's like, maybe I do suck. <laughs> I'm surprised that's never once happened. You know, it's like, I, there's a lot of people in the world. I get it. And, um, you know, the numbers are big, but they're not that big in comparison to, you know, for, you know, you look at, let's say several thousand, but a lot of these people are not even in Wisconsin. You know, let's say there's, there's in a month, 30,000 listeners, unique listeners, like individual people that listen. Of that, let's say 20,000 are in Wisconsin. Okay, when I lived in Madison, there were 250,000 people in there. So there might be like several hundred in Madison that that know my voice and, and how many of those actually know my face and how many of those would actually come up to me and say something. But it is weird. Like I just I just assumed at some point in my life, I'd be walking through a grocery store and somebody would be like, hey, dude, you got a podcast? Like, yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, cool, man. And just, just something. Never. Been doing this for, I want to say like seven years. And I know podcast isn't visual, which is a good thing. I don't want it to be. I do have YouTube, but that's a smaller audience, obviously, than this. But no, I've never had that happen. Uh, Matt Ramage, I was talking to him. He's like, oh yeah, I've had that happen a few times. I'm like, you know what? How about you shut up? Everybody knows him and talks to him. It's probably for the best. I'm not, I'm not good with people, as I've told you. I, I just, I wouldn't... Like, it would check a box in my brain, and then I would hate it and be like, oh, crap. But no, never has never has that happened before. So, Brian, A-Ron from Eau Claire. Yo. Um, what's better than having a top pick and drafting a top quarterback in next year's draft? Answer. Drafting a quarterback three years ago and having him now. <laughs> Go Pack Go. Yeah, we, I mean, again, the, the it would be nice if uh, one of these guys actually ends up being good to get the opportunity to draft them and see if they can be good, but why would you do that 
if you have the option of already having that guy on your roster. And again, usually it's more than just the quarterback when you're picking like number one overall. Quarterback can drag you down a lot, but to be the worst team in football, eh, he'd have to be really, really bad. And there's some really bad quarterbacks quarterbacking right now. Hey, Ryan, this is Washington Metro. Still not from Washington. Uh, Driving home from work, but um, listening to a little bit of the pack and after dark from last night. And, you know, I'm I'm just as excited about the positivity as everybody. You were talking about, you know, the fact that this team still has so much potential that you still have so much salary cap to use and spend more efficiently. And uh, I started thinking, you know, it's not just that, but it seems like every year uh, the Packers seem to come out with all this draft capital. I mean, it's not, it's not every yeah. year that we're swimming this deep in it, but I think, I mean, obviously that, that pick from the Jets is staying second rounder. That's the first of two seconds, two thirds because of Rasul. I, I mean, that's a lot of potential top 100 picks. And the fact that we get to add that onto this team I mean, I just don't, I don't know how they keep getting away with this. <laughs> anyway, have a good one. Bye. Well, it goes back to what I said before. The Packers aren't lucky. They're, they're smart. They're process driven. They understand that um, the big flashy names and the big flashy titles and all that stuff doesn't really mean anything. There is a process and the process largely is number one, draft and develop. You can't do that without draft picks. Number two, Focus on premier positions, especially early in the draft, but then also understanding that drafting has its limitations. There is just a hit rate, right? You, you, you want a really good GM with a really good staff that can, that can evaluate to the best that is, that is humanly possible to give you the best chance of, of having a higher hit rate. But at the end of the day, you're still going to have a hit rate that isn't great. So what you want to do is swing more. Swing more. The more swings, the better. Then get really co- good coaches that can develop them. If you have that, and, and one of the picks that you had that worked was a quarterback, you're fine. That's, I mean, that's a big part of the reason I like Brian Gutekunst. It's not even so much the track record as it is the process. He follows a winning formula. And when you do that, you're going to have a lot of misses. That's a guarantee. But compared to everybody else, you're going to be more successful. I care significantly less about the guy making the pick as I do about making sure that the process that the Packers follow is followed. If you're willing to do that, I'm willing to give you a shot to try to maximize these amount of opportunities that you're creating. And, I, and on top of that, I think Gutekunst does a great job of maximizing his opportunities. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan. But you're right. We, we have a lot of picks. These last couple of years, it's just been tons, especially mid to late round. And they're crushing those. And that's what's so impressive. I mean, you, you load up on, on mid to late round picks which is not that hard to do because you move back just barely in the first and second rounds and you can just stack fourth round, fifth round, sixth round, seventh round picks. And Gutekunst in particular, that's the one, if there's one major philosophical difference between Gutekunst and I, he is obsessed with seventh round picks and I hate him. But at the end of the day, he's probably right because there is a, I think there's an undervaluing when you look at it. I mean, seventh round picks are basically free. And if you think about it, what is the hit rate of a seventh-round pick as compared to a fifth-round pick? And then look at the value discrepancy between those two. Gutekunst has no less than seven or four seventh-round picks every single year. And yeah, maybe one out of four, maybe one out of eight hits. But dude, we, we've got a once-every-other-year hit rate on, a seventh, on the seventh round? Massively uncommon. 
Well, it took eight swings. Yeah, but it costs us nothing to get eight swings because people people give away seventh round picks like it's nothing. So yeah, and it, and it makes draft day more fun. So there's that, especially when when the draft starts to get more boring and it's like I don't know these names and I don't know. Yeah, but we got six picks coming up. So shut up. So <laughs> I appreciate that as well. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. Aaron, hey. for some reason, uh, my phone, every time I tell Siri to call Packard at voicemail, lately, for some reason, I don't know why, ever since I updated my phone, um, Siri's been, like, calling Wakurinet voicemail, and I don't understand why. But anyways, um, that's my Siri rant for today. All right. So I was listening I to your series, podcast this morning about uh, how we're not... Well, this one wasn't what it was about, but in it, you said that we aren't even using the full cap. Like, we aren't, we have, we're going to have a lot of cap room because the youth on this team, because we don't have as very many outstanding contracts that are going to be huge. And that is an amazing thing because so, whenever free agency hit, um, Goot has been kind of aggressive, but because we don't have like the most cap space or it's cold or like in the OBG, OBJ case, he's just wanted to go to, uh, he legitimately just wanted to go to LA and that was that. So we are gonna land him regardless. Uh, but anyways, so if we can make the playoffs with Jordan Love this year, do it any, or make any sort of runner do anything this year with Jordan Love at the quarterback um, with a ton of cap space, going into the next season or two, we have a wide open free agency market. Um, because do you really, like if there's any high priority free agents, they're going to want to come play for a team that has potential, right? And if Jordan Love shows that he's got what it is, like whatever position we need, be it receiver, which I hope we just stick with the receivers we've got, to be honest. But whatever position we need or anything, like if there's, if there's just a free agent that we think is going to make all the difference in the world and get the team to even a higher level, we're going to have a lot of space and we're going to be a team that some players want to come to. Um, because if they can start to see that there is potential here, we're going to be a good target for um, Anyways... That's what I have to say, and I'm driving. So there's my end button right over here. Okay, bye. Yeah, I mean, this year it's it's massively inefficient, the, uh, the usage of funds, obviously, because, um, you know, we, we have a lot of guys that are injured on top of the dead money. But also we're kind of being benefited by the fact of how young our team is. Because one of the things that drives me nuts is when people are like, they're not spending any money on their offense. Dude, the the money is not a reflection of the talent because they're on their rookie contracts. So we have a bunch of people on rookie contracts that are playing, but that doesn't mean that there isn't talent there. So there's there's a massive discrepancy that's benefiting us because we're so young. So that that's kind of balancing out. And, and I do think it's going to get better. I don't know that we're ever really going to be flush with cash. Uh, next year, we're still going to have some heavy cap stuff. And we also have a lot of big contracts, some that are going to start kicking in. You know, we got Rashawn Gary, Jair Alexander, Elton Jenkins. Um, 
and and these guys are they got these big con and every year it's going to start to kind of spike right those first year or two it kind of is low and then it starts to really go up and that's when we got to start to make decisions et cetera, et cetera. but we also got to pay guys like jordan we're going to have to pay you know christian and romeo or whoever you know i don't know who the who the guys are going to be but you know zach tom's going to be getting tackle money one of these days so I, the, the reason I don't think we're ever going to be completely strapped, just, just, I shouldn't say strapped, that's the opposite, it, flush with cash, is because good teams don't have a lot of cap money. And that's okay. That's what you want. You don't want to be a bad team with $100 million in cap space. You want to be a good team, you know, like Ted Thompson always seemed to have about, you know, like $20 million sitting there. And you figure 10 of that had to go toward, you know, the, the expenditure. So, so he had, he'd have about $10 million to play with. Right. And and that's that was about enough flexibility to usually get a defensive tackle or get this or get that. Um, but I mean, if you can if you can manage the good players that you have and that's the other benefit of draft and develop, by the way, is is, you know, you how do you manage having so much talent on a team? Well, you can't because eventually people want more money than you have. And so you either got to squeeze the guys you have or if they try to move on, what do you do? Well, you got to have young talent that can come in and play on the cheap because they're on their rookie deals. So you got to have this revolving door of people coming in and then you give them their big contract. And if they live up to it, you get them a, a second big contract. If not, then they go out the door and you replace them with that other guy that you got. And, you know, but the, the bottom line is, I think the health that the cap will get a lot healthier, but the players we have are also going to start getting more expensive. So there might be a tiny window around like 2025 ish or something where, you know, we, we get it cleaned up and we still haven't really hit the peak of uh, the expense. We still have a lot of people on their rookie contracts, plus the people that we added. So we can, we can maybe sneak a few really high quality players in there. I don't know. I don't know how the cap is going to shake out. I don't even want to try to project that far out because it's, there's so much that can and will happen, but that's kind of where I stand on the cap. I I, I think we're going to be okay. Most years when you're a good team and you have talent, you got to pay people. And uh, I think we have that. And that's a good thing. Hey, it's Jimmy. Uh, I don't have a specific plan for this phone call, but I, I'm weird. listening to your very, very long podcast of all the whining and crying, and and then and then followed by the legitimate praise sure. from all of our enemies for Jordan Love. And um, first of all, go for it, do it, make long podcasts. I can't get enough of this stuff. So if you got the time, I got the time. Uh, thank you is what I'm trying to say. Uh, also, I'm going to try not to get emotional here, but <laughs> the, the whole deal with the first part of the season was all of us getting a little anxious because we're not used to this. We don't like it. Nobody likes it. Who, who, would, who would like not having a good football team when they, you know, from the team they're rooting for? Nobody would like that. And I don't care about the spoiled pack, the same thing. Uh, I, I think that uh, bottom line is we have a special franchise that uh, is historically special. And it is, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, it is unique in professional sports. There is no other franchise like the Green Bay Packers in terms of the, um, the the tiny population that it represents, the level of excellence. I mean, we had a long, bad run in the 70s and 80s, but that's it. <laughs> Other than the 70s and 80s. I mean, think about that. How many years have we been a respectable team out of our existence? It's got to be more than 
It's got to be accumulatively more than any other team in sports. I mean, maybe the Yankees. I don't know. I can't. But then again, that's the whole thing. The Yankees represent the biggest market in the world, and they've always had all the money in the world. And and we don't have any of that. <laughs> and football's a little different, you know, salary cap and whatever. But uh, I am so – it is true. People were not being fair to Jordan Love, and I am so happy for him, and I am so happy for us that today we are where we are. And and uh, I'll wrap with this, uh, what I was starting to say before, that the anxiety of the early part of the year, it's just gone because that anxiety wasn't about this year. It was about what's the next 10, 15 years going to look like. And, of course, we don't know. However, we don't have that anxiety at this point. We, we are doing well, and we are having fun. Let's go do it. Go Paco. Yeah, and even if things do take a little bit of a turn, I mean, there's still going to be a sense of relief to some degree um, because the range of outcomes has narrowed a little bit and it definitely skews to the freaking awesome side, right? Um, I mean, it's it's unlikely that he ends up being complete dog crap. Could happen, don't know, but it's it's, let's just say less likely. I won't even say unlikely, I'll say less likely. However, we've also seen the very real possibility that this guy can be not just good, but freaking elite. Like, we're talking his full-on ceiling. So, again, I don't know how this is all going to end, but if we can end feeling the way we feel now, and and obviously it's going to end, there's going to be a loss, and people are going to be ticked off, and it's going to be whatever. I mean, that's just how it goes. But as long as we don't end this season thinking, man, remember when we all thought that three-game stretch meant something or that two-game stretch or whatever. Remember when we actually believed in that, that we were so stupid? As long as we don't end that way, I'll be happy. Nope, nope, that didn't work. Seth, you there? Hey, Ryan, it's Seth. Hey. Sorry, I uh, called and hung up on you a minute ago. I was uh, leaving the house and realized I'm going to drop Wi-Fi and you're not going to hear a thing I said, so (laughs) here I am. Um, I got a few things for you. Couple, uh, uh, I'm gonna give you some hell and then also got some serious stuff. First, uh, I, I wanted to let you know it's your fault that we didn't play this good sooner. And, uh, the reason for that is you did the, I'm the, let's look at college quarterback because I might not be able to do this again if Jordan Love starts playing well. And sure enough, right after you that, he starts tearing it up. Oh. Why didn't you do that podcast like week I three? I apologize. We'd have like two losses. So uh, thanks a lot, jerk. I'm sorry. I um, thought that was kind of funny. It kind of <laughs> uh, dawned on me. Um, second thing I got for you. I, 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 am, I am glad I did it because, like I said, I never get opportunities to scout quarterbacks. Like, seriously, as in like, this guy is a premier quarterback and there is a world in which we draft them. And this, you know, like... That's never been a thing. So it was cool to be able to do that, to actually scout them, get excited about them. Not, I say scout, but I just mean watch, basically. Uh, watch them a little bit, learn about them, talk about them, and, and hypothesize about maybe getting them. And I'm glad I snuck it in because had I procrastinated and not done it, then Jordan would have done this, and I just wouldn't be able to do it again. So um, as I said, this may be... You know, if Jordan starts taking off, this is going to be the last time and who knows how long that I'm going to be able to seriously do. I mean, seriously, I mean, if if 
if this does continue for, let's just call it 10 years, not going to be doing quarterbacks. Not seriously, not for any real reason, you know. So there you go. You got your... <laughs> so let's be optimistic here and say that's the last time I'm going to seriously scout starting quarterbacks with the Green Bay Packers for the next 10 to 15 years. Is uh, People really... I think it's time that we need to start... Uh, oh, shoot. I forgot one thing. I'll come back to that. Thought. Um, I'd like to add a new NFL award, biggest crybaby of the year. And sure. uh, I think uh, Pat Mahomes has that, uh, has that locked in. I've never... Most of the quarterbacks like that, it's too ticky-tack. We shouldn't, they shouldn't throw that many penalties on us. If Pat Mahomes gets poked by someone's pinky finger, he is turning to the refs and throwing his hands up asking for a flag. And it drives me nuts. Um, so anyways, um, notice that. Also, could you imagine if we went and won the Super Bowl or even a decent playoff run the first year after we moved on from Aaron Rodgers? Oh, man. I'm not, I'm not knocking Rodgers. I'm just saying that's nuts. Um. And on that note, I think it's time we start giving uh, giving some more love and praise to uh, some of those in the Packers building. Uh, Brian Gutekind, uh, Matt LaFleur, Murphy. I still have a hard time giving Joe Barry credit, but uh, I can't deny the results right now. So I'm still not sold, but I'm coming around on Barry. But uh, Jordan Love and these young guys, I mean, we are better than we were last year. I don't think at any point right. last year we look as good as we do right now. So regardless of how the record shakes out, I'm taking this team. But on top of that, we went from Hall of Fame quarterback to first-year guy that many people were down on. We went from a lot of vets in the building to the youngest NFL roster. We are without our arguably our top three cornerbacks with Jair, trading Razul, and Stokes, and we are lighting it up. Let's give some credit to these guys, man. Yeah, I mean, that Dallas game was awesome, but that was also like an overtime win, and Dallas was susceptible to kind of just blowing it, you know? Um, otherwise, yeah, we lost the next two games after that, so it wasn't like a real, like, they're back kind of a thing, right? We So we were on a, let's see, just re-remembering for those of you that are like me that just have no recollection of stuff. Five-game losing streak, then we beat Dallas in overtime, which was kind of like the, oh, man, that was exciting, that was cool. Then we lost to the Tennessee Titans by 10 points, 27-17. That's kind of a whooping. Then we played the Falcons and lost 40-33, to and even part of that comeback was thanks to Jordan Love. Then we went to Chicago and played the actual worst team in football, and we beat them by nine. We had our bye week. We played the Rams. That was a, And this is when the team kind of started to take off, right? Played the Rams 24-12, beat the Dolphins 26-20, beat the Vikings 41-17. And that's when, and again, three-game win streak, right? That's when you really start to believe, and then Detroit was a disaster. And I say disaster because if if those if that three, four-game streak was real, you don't lose to that Lions team. I mean, D- Detroit was good, but at home, playoffs on the line, you can't put it together? Come on. So, yeah, I, I, I tend to agree. You put... The best version of 2023 up against the best version of 2022, and I would take the 2023 team. Anyways, folks, I am going to leave you with that. You have a good rest of your night. I will talk to you tomorrow for Sunday game day. Not Packers game day necessarily, but still. 
We have football and we don't have to stress. Just have fun. So talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye. 